Hi, this is Sarit Switzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 642 for the 9th of Elul in a regular year. So we've been having a whole discussion about peace these past few episodes. And yesterday we had a whole discussion of how peace is really can be connected with beauty and harmony. And how beauty really, if you think about it, is comes about through the harmony of two different opposites, two different different oppositional forces. And we spoke about how the ultimate oppositional forces in the creation are the forces of chesed and gvora, the forces of overflowing kindness and giving and like kind of this extroverted uh, out, outpouring of energy. And we liken this to water, which is this like flowing substance that goes from a high place to a low place. And it's also associated with the angel Michal, Michael. And then there's the opposite force, which is the force of Gvura, which is the complete opposite of this. It's it's the power of withholding, withholding, holding back, constriction. It's associated with the element of fire, which rises up and consumes. And it's also associated with the angel of Gabriel, of Gabriel. And these are the two biggest forces that are present in our universe and are really present within everything. And they kind of are constantly at play. And we spoke about how really in order to bring about peace between these two forces, which are completely oppositional to one another, they're truly oxymoronic. How can you give and hold back at the same time? You need to bring in a third element. And that third element is what we know of as compassion or harmony or tiferet in Hebrew. And we spoke about how this power actually comes from a much higher place and is very much connected more essentially to God. So even though it is an attribute, just like the other attributes, it's it's a little bit different in the sense that the other attributes are more limited in scope. They're just like merely like attributes, like which are in Hebrew, the word mida is associated with the idea of limitation. It, it means like a measurement really versus the attribute of tiferet is yes, it's a mida, but it's, it's somehow it's it's different. It's more connected with Hashem's Yudke Vavke, the, the Tetragrammaton, that name of God, which is more unlimited in sp- scope and above and beyond all of these limitations. So the ultimate basic idea was this idea that truly God is the one who can do, can make peace between these two oppositional forces because only he is above all of this. But now today we're going to bring in the human elements. And what's interesting about the way that, that Hashem set up the world, that God set up the world is that he wants us to be partners in creation with him. So yes, truly everything comes from God, the actual power, the actual force that is bringing about this peace and and allowing the world to exist, because that's really the only way that the world could be able to be sustained is through this harmony of these two opposing forces. However, God wanted us to be partners in this act of creation. So we actually have this power, and this is what we're going to learn about today, to stimulate this power of peace on high, to to um, 
instigate the process. How do we do that? Well, surprise, surprise, if you couldn't, hadn't, wouldn't be able to guess it already, this is a very a recurring theme throughout this section of the Tanya, is it is through giving staka. When we give staka, what happens is that because we're emulating God, like we've spoken about before, and we're emulating God in the sense that in this case, we're actually giving from a place that's like, like let's say you have somebody who's impoverished, somebody who doesn't have much, and it's like they're kind of stuck in a rut. How can they get out of that rut? How can they move beyond it? Is they need a force, a power that's beyond them, something transcendent to them. So that would be the person who gives staka to them, right? So this can be, and and ultimately, if this person is giving them in a compassionate way, which hopefully hopefully they're doing, it's coming from the same attribute, this attribute of compassion. It's coming about in a human way, but this human tapping into compassion, this human, human act of compassion stimulates compassion on a high, stim- stimulates God's compassion, and this stimulates God to create this peace. So truly, the one we've been focusing a lot on what giving staka accomplishes for us, and there's many different ways to tackle this, many different angles of how staka can uh, help us with our process of, of atoning for our sins. We talked about it, we, about connecting with God in this way that like it will arouse God's mercy and stuff like that. Here, we're focusing on the fact that it can actually uh, create peace in a global sense. So how amazing and cool is that? That your act of giving staka, when you give that little coin, you put that coin in the pushka, you write out that check, you give your credit card to that organization over the phone, you help a friend in need, because it doesn't have to be just monetary staka, by the way. It can also be just like being kind to a person, giving of your time, giving food, whatever it is. So when you do these things, you actually are affecting a global peace. You're actually creating, uh, you're actually stimulating this process us of peace on high and down here below as well. So let's see how the ultra bit explains this. And for context, we are uh, still in the middle of, of Epistle 12 of Igerza Kodesh. And so the ultra bit begins and he says that he, in referencing back to yesterday's uh, section where we talked about this Hashem making peace between these forces on high. So this arousal from above, above which in Hebrew is called the Esarissa de la Ela, in order to uh, to to stimulate the revelation of the ray of this great ray and this great uh, influx that was mentioned above that comes from the or ein sof baruch from the from the infinite light of Hashem, right? This was all spoken about yesterday. So you can go back and listen to that yesterday. But basically, that is the place that this uh, harmony is coming from from this place that is from the infinite level of God, and that this place is what makes uh, peace, as we spoke about above, this comes about, this arousal from above of all of this comes about through as a result of the Esarusa de la Tata, the arousal from below. That means us. The arousal from below is us. We stimulate it. How does that happen? Through the act of giving staka. And through giving life and chen and chesed, like uh, graciousness and kindness and mercy, um, to those who have nothing, to the person, to the one who has nothing, in order to revive the spirit of the downcast. So it's like really, truly, again, only God really has the power to give life, but we can we can give it in a certain way. When you when there's somebody who's really in need, or there's somebody who's impoverished who doesn't have enough food to live, when we give them what they need, we're truly vivifying them in a certain sense. And so thus the ultra Rabbi continues, it's known that which the ultra Rabbi said about those people who engage in Torah study for its own sake, that 
it says about them, and this is um, this is a teaching from the Gemara in Sanhedrin, page 99b. Mesim shalom shel mala shel mata. That he makes peace with the heavenly retinue and with the terrestrial, terrestrial retinue. So basically, um, there's something about somebody who engages in Torah study for its own sake that this causes peace in the higher realms and also in the lower realms. So the higher realms, this what are the what's what do we mean by the heavenly retinue? This is made up of the different princes and the different midos, the different attributes that we spoke about above, which are the higher chambers that are found in the world of Bria, as explained in the Holy Zohar. And then when we talk about the lower retinue, the terrestrial retinue, this is made up of the lower chambers that um and especially this lower world, which is made up of good and bad since the time of Adam HaRishon. So with the whole, this, you know, there's a whole story there about like that whole story, that biblical story about Adam and uh, Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve, who, you know, because as a result of Adam's sin, it, it made this world that is a very confusing world that's really made up of, of good and bad. It's not a simple, nothing's clear cut here. And in fact, the evil rules over the good. As it says, and this is from uh, Echa, chapter 8, verse 9, where it says, Ashel shalata adam adam Where man rules, rules over man. Like It's like we're living in this like dog-eat-dog kind of world. And there's also another citation. This is from Breshis, chapter 25, verse 23. And the nation will overpower a nation. So again, there's like the war is such a prevalent part of our society. Fighting, uh, strife. It's such a part of our world, right? And the origin of this is from this place that the fact that we're living in a world that is made up of good and bad, and in fact, the bad actually, unfortunately, is the ruler, uh, is is more powerful than the good. And we see this, says the Alter Abba, uh, truly in an evident way when we look at a person. So it's like, forget about global things, wars and nations and stuff like that. If you just look at like you yourself, which is a person is called Olam Katan, a small world, that sometimes within a person, the good rules and sometimes, God forbid, the opposite, right? We spoke about this in the first section of Tanya Al-Wat at great length, that we're constantly at war with with ourselves and there and the ultra says there will no be peace until the times of uh, until the end of times um when the good will be clarified out of the bad and will root back to its source which is the source of life which is god and at that time this is a citation from tehillim chapter 92 verse 10 all evildoers will be scattered and the spirit of impurity will be will pass away from the earth and then the, the element of good which actually vivifies the spirit of impurity so we spoke about this also elsewhere in tanya that 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 impurity has no life force of its own so it actually suckles from the spirit of purity from the good from goodness so this goodness that's found within it will actually become clarified and be extracted out from there and then the altar rabbi goes on to say that this uh this clarification that's going to happen, this bureau in Hebrew, will also be through the revelation of godliness down here below with a great revelation and like a great radiance and a great um, influence. As it says, and this is a quote from Yeshayahu, chapter 11, verse 9, that the whole world will be filled with the knowledge of God. So this is going to be something that is really revealed. It's going to be revealed. 
in the future. And then there's another citation to support this. This is also from Yeshayahu chapter 40, verse 5. Hashem so the glory of God will be revealed. So again, pointing to the fact that Hashem, Hashem and his glory will be revealed. And so, okay, so this is talking about the future times, says the Altar Rabbah, the future world. But now when we're talking about us, the lower man, terrestrial man. So we know this isn't the case, right? It's not like that we see God everywhere and everything. Nevertheless, there are times. So there's a et matzot, it's called in Hebrew, a time of finding, which is a reference to prayer, or different auspicious times when we can actually uh, seclude ourselves with God and really be, come into this place of, of seclusion with God. Every person, according to their deeds uh, has the opportunity to have a little taste of this refinement through being involved in Torah for its own sake and so too through being involved in staka. So basically meaning to say that in the future, yes, that's when like the ultimate revelation is going to happen, but yet all of us can get a, t- a taste of this through when we're in this special time of prayer, giving staka or otherwise really secluding ourselves with God. As uh, as it says, and this is a teaching from the Gemara in Baba Basra, page ten a, which um, which I believe we brought up before, where it says that Rabbi Elazar Yahiv Masli, that Rabbi Elazar would give a coin to the poor man and then pray. So he would always. This is like sort of the source of what we know that there's this idea of giving staka before um, before praying. So um, and and this is. A, a verse to support this is in Tehillim chapter 17, verse 15, where it says, Ani that through tzedek, meaning a play on that word staka, which also means righteousness, I will see your face. So there's something about basically giving staka that causes this revelation of God's face, which this revelation of God's face means, says the Altar Rabbah, this is the aspect of the revelation of the radiance and of the influence of das and tfuna, so of knowledge and understanding to be able to understand the greatness of God and to have from this be born love and fear, intellectual love and fear as is known. And through this, the good will be separated out from the bad. As it says, um, uh, and so now this is an interesting quote from Mishlei, chapter 27, verse 21. So it's a very poetic phrase it's all read it to you in English it says the crucible is for refining silver and the melting pot is for gold and man is refined according to his praise so basically a crucible is this like um this this uh this vessel that is heated up really 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 high and it's used to melt metals so in this case the text uh the scripture is talking about this in terms of melting silver and it's a way to refine out any of the impurities that are found in the silver and the melting pot similarly for gold and so how do we relate this to ourselves the way that we refine ourselves is through praising through praising god through um so meaning to say that when we praise god from the depth of our knowledge like the amount of that we know god like we really use our minds to intellectually try to really channel all of our intellects towards God to birth from this, our love and fear of God. Uh, in this way, the good is separated out from the bad with um, the same way that the impurities are separated out from the crucible or from the melting pot. So that's the end of the section for today. So just to kind of sum it up and bring it back together is that basically this the true reality, which is truly godliness and truly like that is 
that's the real truth, right? Because we know everything's vitalized from God. That's only going to be fully revealed uh, in the future. So, but right now, while we're living here in Gullis, right now, when we're in this lowly realm and we don't have that true reality revealed in a full sense, we can actually get a taste of that reality by sensitizing ourselves. So we talked about in the introduction, this idea of, you know, really um, people who are wine connoisseurs or food connoisseurs, how do they become more sensitive to the wine? How do they become more sensitive to the food and the different, and, um, and the different parts of, uh, of, of the food and what it's made up of? It's by becoming more attuned. It's by learning more about the wine, right? It's by learning more about the food, becoming more familiar with the different notes, the different aspects of it, and also just paying attention, like really just like taking the time to shut out all distractions and really paying attention to the wine you're drinking, the food you're eating, maybe perfume. There's the same idea with perfume, having different notes, stuff like that. There's many different examples of this. So here too, when it comes to God, if we want to refine our senses to be able to perceive God in our world to whatever extent we can, and the altar is telling us that we actually can to a certain extent perceive God in our world on, on some level, then we actually just need to sensitize our taste buds, so to speak, meaning we need to learn about God. We need to think about God. And when we pray, when we seclude ourselves with God, when we involve ourselves in staka, which is a very godly activity, this can actually refine our quote unquote taste buds in relation to God and bring us closer to him in a way that is revealed where we can actually get a tense a, a sense of this revelation that will happen in the future to come so that's it for today and we will continue with this epistle tomorrow and i will speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather abraham yitzhak ben benyamin cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.